Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. You are now tuned in to the Cherry Picking Podcast with your host, Andre Cherry. Hey everybody, this is your host, Andre Cherry, and you are listening to the Cherry Picking Podcast, which is presented by the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Previously on the Cherry Picking Podcast. And I'm not trying to make comparisons to Bobby Bowden. I'm not trying to say that Willie Taggart is the next Bobby Bowden because we all know what happened to Bobby Bowden's career after that one and three start. He went on to have a very successful tenure as the head coach at Florida State, won a national championship. He's considered one of the best college coaches to ever have have coached college football. So I'm not saying that he's going to have that type of success because honestly, I don't know that he'll make it out of this season if they go one and three to start the season. I think he has a tremendously hot seat in, in Tallahassee and I'm concerned if he loses that game, they're going to, people are going to want him out before the end of the season. And if they lose this game, I, I just don't feel confident that he'll be there for the entire season because at Florida state, you know, if you're not going to make it to a national championship, at least you can fall back on the fact that, you know, you've had you had this long bowl streak, uh, this long streak of going to bowl games, and that got snapped last season. So I think that freaks some people out. There's pandemonium down there in Tallahassee. People aren't aren't as excited about where this program's headed. And I think a one in three start would be very bad for Willie Taggart and the Seminoles this season. Because some people predicted Florida State to be greatly improved this year in the Atlantic division. I think I have them pegged to go third place in the division, which is not to say that they can't do it, but I haven't seen enough on paper and I haven't seen enough game uh, game tape of Florida State to believe that they will turn their season around. And it's only the fourth week. Hey guys, this is Andre Cherry. Thank you for downloading the Cherry Picking Podcast. This is my week 10 recap, week 11 preview. And you just heard it in the soundbite in the beginning of the show. The biggest news this week is the firing of Willie Taggart from the head coaching position at Florida State. And he didn't even make it through the second season of his contract. And I just want to dive into it real quick because that's the biggest news this week. And like I said, he got fired after not even two full seasons on the job down there in Tallahassee. He was a head coach for 10 seasons at four different programs. Taggart's best season was in 2016 at South Florida after he went 10 and 2. So just taking a look at Willie Taggart's coaching history, he started as a head coach in 2010 at Western Kentucky. He was there for about 3 seasons and he had a 16 and 20 record overall. From there, he got the job at South Florida and I would think that that is promotion. His first season at Western Kentucky went 2 and 10, but he did finish off with a 7-5 and record in 2011 and 2012. But then he went to South Florida. He was there for about four seasons where he accumulated a 24-25 and record. So that's another losing record at South Florida. Then he got another promotion to Oregon. That's a very premier program, I would say, in the last decade or so. And he went 7-5 and there for his one season at Oregon. And then he got promoted to his dream job at Florida State where he went 5-7 and seven in 2018 during his first season. And then this season, not even all the way through the entire season for Florida State, he has a record of 4-5. and five. And apparently it was too much for Florida State. I've said it on previous podcasts, FSU has a 
culture of success, a culture of winning down there in Tallahassee. I think Jimbo Fisher kind of left it in a, a bad state. Jimbo Fisher essentially ran away from the Florida State head coaching position and went down to Texas A&M. So Willie Taggart kind of inherited a mess and he only had a, a full season and you know he's probably three quarters of the way through this season before he got fired by Florida State. But you have to give him some leeway there and some um, consideration for the job that he inherited at Florida State. But that's a program that demands success. That's a program that had been to bowl games for over three decades and that streak was snapped last season and I'm sure that stung a little bit and left a sour taste in many Florida State fans' mouths but Willie Taggart is out as a head coach at Florida State that is uh, that is something that I saw coming honestly I mean you you can't you can't lose like that at Florida State you can't be in the in the basement of the Atlantic Division of the ACC and expect to keep your job for third season. I'm really curious to see where Florida State goes from here and how they turn that program around, but it's such a sad state of college football when Florida State is an afterthought in the ACC like they have been these past few seasons. So, biggest news of the week, Willie Taggart losing his job at Florida State, and despite the mess that Florida State is in right now, that's going to be a highly sought after opening. Uh, for a head coach to fill this offseason. So big news of the day, Florida State firing its coach, Willie Taggart, after not even two seasons on the job. And for Florida State, I mean, all you can do now is just go up from here. I don't think it can get any worse than this at Florida State. You know, I don't see them uh, going into the basement for very long in the ACC. Right now, this is a rough period. You know, they've got their sights hopefully on a a bowl game. They only need two more victories this season to get that bowl berth. But, uh, you know, big news out of Florida State right now that Willie Taggart is gone. And I'm definitely curious to see where this program moves to as we look ahead in the offseason. So this week was Week 10 action. I want to start this show off like I normally do with my Week 10 locks for the Power 5 conferences. This week, I went 4-1, which brings my overall record to 39-11 and when making these weekly locks. So that's a 78% accuracy. So I'm going to recap the games from each of the Power 5 conferences to let you know how I finished. So in the ACC, I had Pitt over Georgia Tech. Pitt got the win 20-10 over Georgia Tech. With the victory, the Panthers are firmly in second place in the Coastal standing. So that was a really solid victory for the Pitt Panthers. Pitt, they let the Miami game get away from them a couple weeks ago, but the Panthers... One big this weekend against Georgia Tech. So great win for the Pitt Panthers. In the Big Ten, I had Illinois over Rutgers. Illinois had a slow start in this game. The score was tied at 10-10 against Rutgers at halftime. However, the Illini exploded in the second half, scoring 21 points in the third quarter. Illinois' defense shut out Rutgers in the last two quarters of this game. The team also had three sacks on Rutgers, and the defense committed two turnovers. So very impressive win for Illinois. They're now one win away from going to a bowl bowl game. Uh, so great win for Illinois out of the Big Ten. In the Big 12, I had Baylor over West Virginia. This was a really close game that played on Halloween night last week. And Baylor got the victory by three points, 17-14 over West Virginia. Baylor didn't play its best game in this game. They had three turnovers and seven penalties were committed, but the Bears did put up 453 yards of total offense and outrushed the Mountaineers 176 yards to only 14. So great victory for the Baylor Bears. They 
roll on. They are still undefeated within college football, and they live to see another day. Now in the Pac-12, this is where I got my loss this week within my Power 5 locks. And I had Arizona over Oregon State. So Oregon State blew out Arizona. This was ugly by a score of 56-38. It was an ugly loss for the Wildcats as Oregon State quarterback Jake Lutton threw for over 320 yards with three touchdowns while running back Jamar Jefferson rushed for over 100 yards with three touchdowns. So the Oregon State Beavers... (laughs) were balling out against Arizona. This is this was an embarrassing loss, especially considering that Arizona had a new defensive coordinator in Chuck Cecil starting this week. He replaced Marcel Yates, who was fired earlier last week. So Arizona has had some issues on it with its defense. Arizona's defense has been atrocious all season long. Heading into this matchup over the Oregon State Beavers. <laughs> The Wildcats were ranked 118th in scoring defense. So that's damn near the bottom of FBS. And so that was really, really bad loss to Oregon State, a team that's not really playing that well, I guess you could say, in the Pac-12 this season. I mean, Arizona should have handled this team, I I would have thought. Arizona right now is 2-4, and and they may seriously need to look at making some other coaching changes by the end of this season. But this would end up being a loss for me. In the Pac-12 this week, hats off to the Oregon State Beavers. <laughs> in the SEC, I had Auburn over Ole Miss. 20-14, to the Auburn Tigers got the victory over the Ole Miss Rebels. I thought Auburn would rebound in this matchup after a tough loss to LSU last weekend, and that's what they did. Auburn had 507 total yards, including a 340-yard passing performance by quarterback Bo Nix. So great performance by that young man for the Auburn Tigers. And those are my locks for Week 10 action within the Power 5 conferences. So like I said at the top, this week I went 4-1. Overall, I'm 39-11. and And so great week to go 4-1 within these Power 5 locks for Week 10 action. If I look ahead to Week 11, it's my goal to go 5-0 and this week. And I think I will do it this week. So before we get into it, I just want to let you guys know that my week 11 locks are brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all of your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. Best part, if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit that you can use on all of your favorite picks. Just use promo code LATEFEES to activate the offer. That's promo code LATEFEES to double your cash. So please visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So for week 11 in the ACC, I'm taking Virginia over Georgia Tech. This is a matchup between the first place team in the Coastal Division and the last place team within that same division. So Virginia should dominate this matchup at home very easily. In the Big Ten, I'm taking number five Penn State over number 13 Minnesota. So P.J. Fleck has got his boys rowing that boat. (laughs) Now I know Minnesota has been rowing the boat, but this is its first test of the season, truly, in Penn State this week. Next week, the Gophers row the boat over to face number 18 Iowa in Iowa City. Then the Gophers should beat Northwestern the week after, but then P.J. Fleck and his boys end the season by hosting number 16 Wisconsin. So they had a very 
light start to their schedule this season for Minnesota, but then they end their last four games with some of the toughest opponents within their division of the Big Ten West these next four weeks. I think they'll get a victory over Northwestern, Chicago's Big Ten team, Northwestern. But these next few games are really tough, and it's make or break time for Minnesota. Right now, the Gophers are in first place in the West Division of the Big Ten, and if they, this is a playoff. So if they can beat Penn State this week and then beat Iowa, Wisconsin, I mean, they will stay in first place within that, that division, and they will go to the Big Ten Championship game. But the playoff starts this week. They have to beat Penn State. If they lose to Penn State, I mean, they're still they're still in first place, but then next week they go on the road to Iowa and then they end the season with Wisconsin. So there's a three-way playoff right now that will happen you know, after this game against Penn State. But if they can get this victory over Penn State, they would be rocking the college football playoffs because Penn State right now is undefeated. They're looking to be one of the teams that could be represented in the playoffs. But if Minnesota upsets Penn State, uh, Penn State will no longer be in consideration for the playoffs because I think a lot of people are just waiting for Penn State to lose. Sure, Penn State has beaten the teams on its schedule. They're number five right now in the AP poll, but I think a lot of folks are just waiting for Penn State to either make or break it. And I don't see Penn State losing this week, but if they do, that would be one heck of an upset even despite the fact that Minnesota's ranked 13th in the AP poll. I think they're ranked highly by default as well. I mean, they've beaten the teams on its schedule, but who have they played? Now is make or break time for both of these teams, honestly. So I'm excited. Penn State over Minnesota in the Big Ten. In the Big 12, I'm taking number 11, Baylor over TCU. Baylor has actually lost the last four meetings with TCU, but this season is a it's a much different feel, much different team. Matt Rule and his boys are rolling. I think the Bears get the victory this weekend over the TCU Horned Frogs. In the Pac-12, I'm taking Washington over Oregon State. This is the 104th meeting between these two schools. Washington is currently riding a seven-game win streak over the Beavers. <laughs> and I think they'll make it eight in a row after this Saturday. Then in the SEC, I'm taking number 10 Florida over Vanderbilt. Florida has won 27 out of the last 28 games against Vanderbilt. The last time Vandy beat Florida was back in 2009. So those are my Power 5 locks for Week 11 action in the ACC. Virginia over Georgia Tech. In the Big 10, Penn State over Minnesota. In the Big 12, Baylor over TCU. In the Pac-12, Washington over Oregon State. And in the SEC, Florida over Vandy. Now, real quick, I want to recap the games that I was watching in Week 10 action. We had some good ones this past weekend. We had Virginia versus North Carolina. I thought North Carolina would get the victory over Virginia because North Carolina has played in some close games this season. They've been on the losing end of some of those matchups, but they've made it very competitive. And I thought North Carolina would step up and win this game against Virginia. It was very close, though. Like I said, Virginia beat North Carolina by a score of 38 to 31. There were four lead changes in this game. Both of these teams racked up over 500 yards of total offense. Virginia quarterback Bryce Perkins, he had a great day for the Cavaliers. He threw for 378 yards with three touchdowns, and he also rushed for over 112 yards with two rushing touchdowns. So Bryce Perkins proved to be the dynamic playmaker, the dynamic key to this game for Virginia, and they get a very impressive victory over UNC this past weekend. The Tar Heels have now lost three straight meetings with Virginia after taking seven straight from them in 2010 through 2016. 
So Virginia is starting to build up its own streak and great job for the Cavaliers. Then we had number 22, Kansas State versus Kansas. I was interested in this matchup because I thought Kansas may have had a shot to get its second Big 12 win this season against Kansas State, but that did not prove to be the case. Kansas State would whoop up on Kansas by a score of 38 to 10. I think Kansas didn't play well in this game because they must have had a lingering hangover effect from beating Texas Tech the week prior. But at any rate, as a team, Kansas State rushed for 342 yards and had five rushing touchdowns. So the Kansas State Wildcats just did the damn thing on the ground this past weekend against Kansas. This was the 117th meeting of these two teams in the Sunflower Showdown, and this rivalry game has been played every year since 1911. Kansas has now lost 11 straight against Kansas State. So I think this game may look a little bit different next season as Les Miles continues to build his program and build his roster out, but tough loss for Kansas, who had been playing very well a couple weeks ago against Texas Tech. Another game that I was really glued in on was number nine, Utah versus Washington. Utah held on to get the victory 33-28. to Utes running back Zach Moss rushed for over 100 yards with one touchdown. And the Utah defense came up big in this game with three turnovers. Utah, with the win, snapped a four-game losing streak against Washington. So great job by the Utes. They continue to roll on in the Pac-12. They are, they are playing themselves into position to be considered for a playoff spot, potentially. Um, So great job by the Utah Utes. Now looking ahead for Utah, their final three games of the season are against teams that have a losing record. Those teams are UCLA, Arizona, and Colorado. So I think this was the toughest test for Utah on its schedule. And now they move forward to three games that should be cakewalks on paper. So we'll see how Utah can finish out the rest of the way from here. Then another game within the Pac-12 that I was really interested in was USC versus Oregon. Oregon came into this matchup ranked number seven, and they would end up getting the victory 56-24. Initially, I thought USC may have had a shot at home to beat Oregon. Uh, Kedon Slovis had been playing well the last few games, so I thought the momentum would carry him forward into this matchup against the Ducks. I fell asleep at halftime when the game was 28-17, but then after the second half, it seems as if Oregon pulled away. I went to bed because it was late for me on the East Coast, but Oregon pulled away and proved to be too much for USC. It really wasn't a great night for USC. They committed four turnovers in this game. Overall, these two teams committed 20 penalties for a combined 249 yards. So not a very disciplined game by either of these teams, but Oregon did enough to get the victory by a score of 56 to 24. The last game that I was really glued in on was the game of the weekend, in my opinion. It was number eight, Georgia versus number six, Florida. I thought Florida would get the victory against the Georgia Bulldogs, but Georgia would hold on to get the 24 to 17 victory over the Gators. With the loss, the Gators have now lost six out of the last nine meetings, including three straight losses to the Georgia Bulldogs. So Georgia most likely will win the SEC East, I would say. Uh, Usually comes down between these two teams, and I think Georgia is going to do it this season with the victory over Florida. Preseason, Florida was my predicted winner of the SEC East, but I just don't think Georgia is going to lose the rest of the way from here. So now if we look ahead to week 11 action, I want to preview some of the games that have the most interest and intrigue for me. And in the ACC, that's number 21 Wake Forest versus Virginia Tech. 
Wake Forest has firmly solidified its position as the second best team in the Atlantic Division behind Clemson. A win against Virginia Tech this weekend would put the Demon Deacons at 8-1. And, and the last time Wake Forest has gotten off to a start as good as this one was back in 2006 when head coach Jim Grubb's Wake Forest squad went 11-3. They won the ACC that year and they also earned an Orange Bowl bid. They would eventually lose in the Orange Bowl against uh, Louisville, but that was the last time they had a great start to their season such as this one. So hats off to Wake Forest. I don't think anyone really predicted Wake Forest to be this competitive in the Atlantic this this year, but they are doing what they need to do to win games, and hats off to Wake Forest. Then in the ACC, I'm also interested in the Louisville versus Miami matchup. Miami has won the last three meetings between these two teams, and a win over Louisville this weekend would mark the Kansas' third straight ACC victory this season. So Manny Diaz seems to be turning it around right now in his first season at Miami as the head coach. The Kansas' defense will have its work cut out for itself this weekend, though, trying to slow down a Louisville offense that scores 32.8 points per game while also racking up 444.6 yards per game. So the the Canes will have its work cut out for themselves this weekend against Louisville. Both of these teams are third place right now in their respective divisions in the ACC. So this is a really important game for both of these two teams. Then in the Big 12, I'm really focused on number nine, Oklahoma versus Iowa State. Both of these teams are coming off of a bye in week 10 where they both saw losses the week prior. Iowa State lost to OK State 34 to 27. And of course, everyone remembers the Oklahoma upset by the hands of Kansas State in week nine by a score of 48 to 41. So I'm really curious to see how both of these teams respond, most notably Oklahoma, because they still have an outside shot of making the playoffs and they need a victory this weekend to get there. Then in the Big Ten, Illinois versus Michigan State. This is this is crazy because Illinois is one of the hottest teams right now. They are riding a three-game win streak within the Big Ten. By comparison... Michigan State has lost its last three games. In those three games, Michigan State has been outscored by a combined 100 to 17 points. So Michigan State is exposed right now. Michigan State is weak right now. And if Illinois can go on the road and win a a matchup at Michigan State, I mean, they will become bowl eligible for the first time since 2014. So this is a, a big opportunity for Illinois. Can they come in and take advantage of a wounded Michigan State team? I, I think it's unlikely. If I was making my prediction today, I, I probably would say Michigan State has the edge there. But Illinois certainly can come in and beat Michigan State. They've beaten better teams. They, they beat Wisconsin this season. So it's anything is possible. So this will be a tough matchup for Illinois on the road. But if they can get it, Lovey and his fighting Illini will become bowl eligible. And I said it previously, the last time they were bowl eligible was 2014 under head coach Tim Beckman. So they have a great opportunity in front of them. And if Illinois can do it, bowl eligibility for this season. I predicted it in the preseason that Illinois would go to a bowl game. And even if they lose this game, I think they'll still get its sixth victory against Northwestern later in the season. But they have an opportunity to win right now. And I hope they go ahead and take advantage of that opportunity that's in front of them. In the Big Ten, I'm also looking at number 18, Iowa, versus number 16, Wisconsin. This is a big-time matchup against two Big Ten West opponents who are currently tied for second place in the Big Ten West behind Minnesota. Earlier, I mentioned that it's a playoff scenario right now. This is a playoff game for Iowa and Wisconsin. Whoever wins this game will have a good opportunity 
when they eventually face Minnesota to potentially beat Minnesota and claim the number one spot in the Big Ten West. So a three a three team playoff right now where first place is up for stakes and it starts this weekend versus Iowa and Wisconsin. So this is a big time game that I'll really be glued in on this weekend. Then the game of the season Number one, LSU versus number two, Alabama. This is going to be a real good game. If we look at these two teams, LSU scores the fourth most points in college football with 46.8 points per game. LSU's offense has looked really great this season. It's looked a lot different than we've we've seen and and come accustomed to in, in years past. Joe Burrow has been playing lights out football this entire season. So he's going to have to have another great performance this weekend against Alabama. Alabama, they score the second most points in college football this season with 48.6 points per game. So we're going to see two offenses that are are really going to go after it this weekend. So I'm excited to see if LSU can get the victory because LSU is a team that I have in my playoffs. I think LSU will go to the playoffs this season. And I think even if they lose, they still have a, a shot to make it to the playoffs. Because if you look at their schedules, Bama has the second toughest schedule in college football this season. LSU is right behind Bama with the third toughest schedule in college football this season. So I think whoever wins this game or whoever loses the game, most most importantly, will still have a shot to make it into the playoffs. And considering that LSU and Alabama are in the same division of the SEC, whoever loses this game will not most likely not make it to the SEC championship game, but I still think they're in good position if they can win out the rest of their schedule to make it into the playoffs in one of those spots. Because I think the SEC will get at least two spots in the playoffs this season, and I think LSU or Alabama, whoever loses that, will still be in a good spot to earn that playoff berth. So we'll just have to see how it shakes out the rest of the way with the other teams, but that's just my, my thoughts. And the biggest note of this game is that quarterback for Alabama, Tua Tungavailoa, he is questionable right now. At the time that I'm recording this episode, his status has not been determined yet. Tua Tungavailoa had surgery to correct a right ankle sprain, and it is uncertain at this time if he will return to action this weekend against LSU. So by the time this this podcast comes out and we get later into the week, um, we'll have a decision on Tua's status. If he does not play in that game... LSU has a tremendous uh, advantage in its matchup against Alabama. But I, I'm i thinking that he will probably play in the game. We probably won't hear till later in the week. But if Alabama has to go without Tua, that is a huge loss to the Crimson Tide. So this is going to be a fun, you know, fun matchup. I know game day will be out there for this game against LSU and Alabama. So I cannot wait for this game to unfold this weekend. This is going to be one heck of a matchup against two of the best teams in college football this season, in my opinion. So with that, those are the games that I'll be looking forward to this weekend. Week 11 action, we are in it now, my friends. We are we are at the end of the season here, and we are in getting into some very important matchups in college football, and I cannot wait to watch it all unfold this weekend in Week 11 action. Before we get out of here, I just want to Talk about my playoff tracker. The number one team on my playoff tracker is LSU. They are number one in the AP poll. They had a bye last week. They faced number two Alabama this week. And I said it before, even if LSU loses, I think they still may have a shot to go to the college football playoffs. And that's the same for LSU or Bama. I mean, they could easily, one of those teams could easily make it in the playoffs this season. Then we have number four, Clemson. They beat Wolford 59-14 this past weekend. This week, in a Week 11 action, they face NC State. They'll get the victory over the Wolfpack. And in 
red. I have number 10, Oklahoma. They're num- they are red because they had a loss to Kansas State a couple weeks ago. They had a bye this past week in Week 10 action, but they face Iowa State in Week 11. And I think this is a big game for Oklahoma. I think they will get the victory against Iowa State, and they will live to see another day. And then also another team in red, I have Utah, who is currently number 8 in the AP poll. They beat Washington by a score of 33-28 to this past week. They moved up one spot in the AP poll for this week from 9 to 8 and fortunately they have a bye this week in week 11 so they can watch some of the action unfold this week they've got some there's some important matchups in the top 10 this week Bama and uh, LSU we also have Penn State who is undefeated playing Minnesota so Utah is in a really good position right now because there will be some shakeup to the AP poll this week and we will most likely see Utah move up or they'll probably stay the same in the AP poll for this week, for next week. So Utah's is sitting pretty. They are sitting right outside of the college football playoffs right now. And the rest of the season here, Utah has a pretty easy schedule. So we'll see the shakeups to the top of the AP poll as we move closer and closer to the end of the season. And Utah, if they can hold out with just one loss, may be playing themselves into position to be considered for one of those spots in the playoffs. So I'm really excited to see how the season shakes out. I'm really excited to see how my playoff tracker holds up as we get to the end of the season. These are the teams that I predicted in the preseason to make it to the playoffs this season at the end of this year. So we shall see how it all shakes out. And I'm excited for week 11 action. This is going to be one hell of a weekend if you love college football. So I just want to thank you guys again for downloading this show thank you for listening to my content you can find all my podcasts all my content at cherrypickinsports.com you can follow me on twitter at cherry underscore picking and again i hope you guys have fun watching college football this weekend hope you have a great week and i cannot wait to talk to you guys again soon thank you guys for listening take care so pj fleck has got his boys rowing that boat Thank you again for tuning into my Cherry Picking Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to my show and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. All of my digital content can be found at the website cherrypickingsports.com. And if you are looking to interact with me via social media, my Twitter handle is at cherry underscore pickin'. That's P-I-C-K-I-N. On my Twitter, you'll also find the link to my blog where I post my weekly college football predictions and analysis. I can also be reached via email at cherrypickinsports at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to me regarding what you like about this podcast or about what content you'd like to hear more of on future episodes. I sincerely thank you for your support, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care.